0: Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins.
1: And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we'll be dissecting Twin Peaks episode five.
0: Ah, number five.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're past the halfway point, right? Because there's only eight.
0: Yeah, this is the second half of the first season. Um, And yeah, I can't believe the first season always feels so short to me. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, like I've said a million times, I was used to the box set of the VHS and it didn't really say what was season one it just said like one through 30 or something like that Mm -hmm. and um so I always assumed because my brain didn't remember that the first season was like 13 episodes in or something yeah so um yeah it's always a little weird to remember
1: (laughs) and abruptly at eight
0: it's really long and the first season is really short
1: Uh, I guess it's just a testament to how good the first season was.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, so, how um, you want any updates? How you doing? <laughs> I'm on week, I started week seven of quarantine.
1: I said I'm, <laughs> 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 I'm
2: probably
1: about the same. Um, I have technically, I have my last two f- online finals from this semester due tomorrow or Tuesday I can't remember I probably should know that Uh, (laughs) um but and then after that I'm done because the only class I was supposed to take this summer was my internship and I can't do that so (laughs) um I'm probably just gonna um take the summer off and practice my practice but perfect my Spanish since I'm a Latin person who doesn't speak fluent Spanish
0: all right well I'm gonna have to practice with you a little bit or at least try to keep up.
1: (laughs) Yes. Well, I just, I need to do it. It's like one of those weird feelings being like a lot in person, like we're like me and my siblings are the only people in our family who don't speak Spanish.
2: Uh, And it's just
1: like, my parents just were like, no excuse for not teaching us. Just didn't.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's a hard thing to teach kids (laughs) two languages. (laughs)
1: Well, actually, well, I don't know about two, maybe, maybe two languages, but apparently it's supposed to be easier for you to pick up new languages when you're a child. Yeah. So I'm I'm like, (laughs) (laughs)
0: Let's see. For myself, um, yeah, I slept all day. (laughs) (laughs) Same old, same old. Um, (sighs) but let's get into the notes about this episode. All (music) righty. So this is Twin Peaks. Again, I have to say titled episode four. <laughs>
1: <Even> that's <laughs>
2: also five.
0: Um, also known as The One Armed Man.
2: Oh, creepy.
0: <laughs> this episode introduced the David Lynch's character of Gordon Cole, even though we didn't see him, we just heard his voice. Right. <laughs> and I'm very excited to like get to meet him in the flesh because it's a fun character.
2: Oh yeah, I remember um, that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It was directed by Tim Hunter. He was inspired by the 1945 film Fallen Angel by Otto Preminger, making use of small sets and long depth of field shots. I've never seen that, so I'm not familiar with Otto (laughs) Preminger's work.
2: (laughs)
1: Me neither. Maybe I'll check it out now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You can do like a... Look at the inspirations behind it because I feel like every episode there's a new something that's inspired new something. Info. It was also, he also said that the show was influenced by the TV series um, The Wild Wild West and Mayberry RFD, which I don't know, does that relate to the Andy Griffith show somehow?
1: <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I know neither.
0: I know Mayberry was <laughs> the name
1: of
0: the the show. <laughs> And The Fugitive and the character of I the one i Wow. <laughs> you know The Fugitive? Have you seen that one?
1: Yeah. Oh, it was so funny because uh, I was actually talking about that yesterday with Josh. Uh, I don't know, remember how it came up, but I was just, I like somehow remembered it and remembered that the only time I ever saw it uh, was when I was like less than 10 years old. So I don't really remember <laughs> much of it, but I was like, I remembered like the big plot elements. I just rem- mm. randomly remembered it.
0: Does that have Harrison Ford or Mike? Yes. Okay.
1: Yes, I asked the same question. <laughs> I was like, is that her? <laughs>
0: um I don't know if there's like an older one, but um, the character of the one-armed man was a direct homage to the fugitive. Do you remember one-armed man?
1: Yes. I think the, uh, not to throw any spoilers out of but the killer, I think, was ended up being a guy with a prosthetic hand or arm. Oh,
0: interesting, interesting. I
1: think so. I think it was like a big thing about the movie where he pulled it off or something. I don't know. I couldn't tell you.
0: I don't really care about spoilers personally because I will (laughs) do (laughs)
1: it. I mean, it's been out for like 20 plus years at this point.
0: Yeah, I probably, it's not really on my list. So, I mean, I'm still trying to catch up on the shows that are currently coming out right now because my brain just doesn't want to watch TV at all.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's so much.
0: Yeah. So he would also go on to direct two more episodes in the second season. And he knew David Lynch from school because they both studied at the American Film Institute. So I went back to the old eraserhead notes to see if he showed up at all, but he did not. Huh? Not that I can see. So at the end of the episode, he used a shot with a Dutch angle, and he was the only director on the series that Lynch and Frost allowed to use that angle; otherwise, it was forbidden. Oh. Yeah, I that noticed was like, it.
1: Interesting.
0: I I'm, I'm curious as to why I can kind of understand why they wouldn't want anyone to use it because if they're going for like a soap opera feel, they have very like fixed camera lens type. Um, oh yeah. Stuff, but I'm not sure why Hunter got to be, or Tim Hunter got to be the exception to the rule, but.
1: I don't know. Maybe he had like a, a test shot and they loved it so much.
0: <laughs> yeah. Maybe he just could, was a real master of it. <laughs> um, the episode was written by Robert Ingalls and he would go on to write a number of episodes across the first two seasons. He was originally brought on by Mark Frost and others. I don't know who others were.
2: Mark Frost and others,
0: (laughs) who thought his sense of humor would be well-suited for the series. He said that he found the fast pace of the series or he found the pace of the series quite fast saying that Frost and Lynch would outline the plot in a few hours. And he had previously been used to having several days to work on similar amounts of material. Wow. Yeah. Now that name sounded really familiar to me, uh, but I'm don't, I did look up in blue velvet as well to see if there was any Robert Ingalls, but I didn't see anything from him. Hmm. Maybe it's just Twin Peaks. Maybe that's just why it's ringing a bell in my head. Yeah.
1: Our, yeah, or maybe something, like, somewhat related that you're like, oh, you'll remember, like, in two days.
0: Yeah, probably. Of course. Um, so we haven't really gotten into Gordon Cole yet because we just heard him on the thing, but um, I will say that he wanted his character to speak in a very loud voice. <laughs> it was just something he wanted for his character. <laughs> so they worked backwards from that to come up with the idea that he's hard-appearing.
2: And throughout
0: the series, Ingalls wrote most of Gordon Cole's dialogue because he had experience with his own mother being hard of hearing.
2: Okay. Isn't that interesting? It is really interesting.
0: (laughs) It first aired May 3rd, 1990. It was viewed by 19% of the available audience, marking an increase in viewers from the previous week. And the episode received positive reviews from critics.
2: Yay. (laughs)
0: <laughs> now I think the previous week um, was I think a double episode because oh yeah because we it had they both had the same date so unless um they just were wrong about the dates I think they both played on the same night so probably that got a lot of people you know
1: buzzed and, about it
0: yeah okay and then the log lady intro now I think I wrote down the whole thing for this I'm not sure I don't think I actually <laughs> summed it up um, she says even the ones who laugh are sometimes caught without an answer. These creatures who introduce themselves, but we swear we have met them before. Yes? Look in the mirror. What do you see? Is it a dream or a nightmare? Are we being introduced against our will? Are they mirrors? I can see the smoke. I can smell the fire. The battle is drawing nigh. Ugh.
2: So now, I know what that's in reference <laughs> to. I think
0: it's in reference to like... Um, you know the visions of bob and stuff like that and the one arm right. man like who are they really
1: yeah that seems that area seems to be really ramping up this episode
0: yeah definitely all right well um let's just go ahead and get into the recap then yeah So we open, um, you know, fast forwarding through the credits. Um, I did the same
2: Laura's thing. House.
0: Yeah,
2: I was like, it's <laughs> too just long so now. Long.
0: I love, I love the opening credits, but they're just so long, and I'm so used to fast forwarding through them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, we open on Laura's house, and Andy is sketching the man from Sarah's vision, and he's really good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, he's an artist.
0: Yeah, he is an artist. We should have been an to Explore that side of him. <laughs> oh. And um, Maddie is serving coffee in a very fancy coffee sack with no <laughs> coffee in it. <laughs> she has him oh, an empty cup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's like a million cups in like a fancy silver like coffee urn. It's, I'm just like, wow, that's a lot of effort for this for, moment. <laughs> for,
1: for these couple minutes. These dramatic minutes.
0: Yeah. Um, Leland comes in looking very like... Distraught and dis um disheveled. Disheveled. And he rudely asks Sarah about her vision of the necklace. Oh, she had two visions. Did you know she had two visions and then walks out? He's so rude in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: and her reaction makes me laugh. Yeah. yeah. Leyland.
0: leyland
1: <laughs> And then just gets up and walks and then turns around. <laughs>
0: Yes, and then she recounts her vision um, of seeing the hand pick up the necklace, and Donna is there. I don't know why Donna is there, but she's there, and she is obviously like, what? The necklace, how does she know? (laughs) And then we see some invitation to love. We get like a whole clip of this. Uh, I love it. (laughs) Emerald is trying to seduce Chet. (laughs) but he can't because he's married to her sister jade <laughs> her twin sister
2: Her
1: twin sister. <laughs> and oh she's like petting
0: his head and she pets his head and then looks at her hand like oh, I'm greasy. <laughs> like
1: gross yeah because he's kind of gross
0: i want to see the invitation to love soap opera so bad
1: <laughs> yeah well, i'm like i feel like it's a, a thing that people a lot of shows do now like Cause uh, Insecure on HBO does that where every season they have like a new like TV show within a TV show.
2: Oh. And,
1: and I think this season is, it's called Finding LaToya or Looking <laughs> for LaToya. I can't remember which it is, but it's like a, it's, you know, a mock you crime show about like this woman. Like it's almost like a Netflix special. Like this woman is this thing and no one's looking for her. And they'll have like celebrities um, be in the show within a show and it's so funny.
0: I want to see that. It's so good. (laughs) Okay, so Lucy's watching it. Um, Harry comes in with Andy and asks her what's up, and she recounts the entire plot of the soap.
1: Yes. Um, (laughs) She's (laughs) she's invested.
0: That's not what I was talking about. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Andy wants to know why he couldn't spend the night last night, and Lucy is very (laughs) cold to him.
1: (laughs) Would she say Mr. uh, Oh, my God, our officer? She didn't call him Andy.
0: Officer Brennan.
1: Yeah, <laughs> or, well, Officer Brennan.
0: <laughs> or maybe it's Deputy. I'm not sure.
2: I couldn't.
0: Yeah, she's so funny because she like flips her hair every time she talks to him in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. Um, yeah, oh, I love Lindsay too. Jacoby is in the room with Agent Cooper, and he's doing a golf ball magic trick. <laughs> which is...
2: Yeah, you know, Cooper trilogy. is
0: sitting there <laughs> expressionless. Which I have to say, one thing I noticed about this episode is that I don't think Cooper makes a single quirk quip about how he loves the town. He, I don't even think he barely smiles throughout this whole episode. He's just very like, he's got his um, you know, FBI face on the whole time.
1: Yeah, he's got his side set.
0: Yeah. Um, the golf ball trick, by the way, it was apparently Russ Tamblyn's idea.
1: I kept trying to figure out, like, how he did it. I was like, is he trying to make you look over there, but the other ball is, like, going into his mouth? But then I couldn't tell, so I was like, oh, whatever.
0: I feel like he had to have already had the ball in his mouth, so then I guess Cooper was like, I saw you set up this trick, so it's not very
1: tricky. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you put golf balls in your mouth.
0: Um, Where was I? Um, Okay, so... Uh, Cooper is asking about Laura's cocaine use, and um, mm-hmm. Jacoby doesn't really want to break patient confidentiality.
2: But but she's deceased.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I think
1: it goes away. after that. I, I might be wrong. I
0: don't know if that's something that's changed more recently, or. Oh,
1: um, uh, that's true.
0: Or yeah, or maybe they were just like you know calling back to an earlier time period, but um. Then asks if her problems were of a sexual nature, and Jacoby responds, <laughs> the problems of our entire society are of a sexual nature.
1: <laughs> it's like, well, it's not wrong. <laughs>
0: it, it's very true. Um, he says that he's more into Hawaii than Tibet, noticing the Tibetan map behind him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or Hawaii, as he said.
0: Hawaii. <laughs> I
2: was like, okay. <laughs>
0: It's like my dad, he loves Hawaii so much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cooper wants to know why he won't help. And Jacoby says that Laura had secrets and around those secrets, she built a fortress that he was unable to penetrate. But he did say he did not have sex with her that night or the night she was murdered. And, but he did follow a man in a red Corvette that night who um, hmm. he doesn't say who it is. I don't know if that's part of his confidentiality, but um, Cooper and um, Harry know that it that's Leo because he drives a red Corvette.
1: Right, hard
0: to miss. Yeah. So then Gordon Cole, C- Cooper's supervisor, as he calls him, calls.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and
0: they have that like old-fashioned, like talky kind of box, <laughs> talk box. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's what
0: it's called, right? (laughs) Yeah, he says um, he's got the results of Albert's forensics. The twine that they found was very common. The bites on her shoulder were from a bird. Yep. And Albert did file a complaint against Truman.
2: Oh,
1: Albert.
0: Yeah, Cooper defends Harry and basically hangs up on Gordon.
2: (laughs) He's like, no, wait. Don't get mad! <laughs> Don't hang up! And he hangs up. <laughs> His
1: <laughs> boss does not seem very uh, in charge.
2: Well,
0: he's like you know, Albert. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know how he is. Like he's <laughs>
0: an awful a person. I wanted to punch him. <laughs> oh
1: sure, I'm sure it's not the first complaint oh, filed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Um, Andy comes in. He brings in the sketch of. Um, do we know it's Bob yet?
1: Um. I don't know if we've made the connection yet, but we know of uh, a Bob. Cooper did
0: see him in his dream and he said Bob, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, even if we haven't really made that, like, you know, a connection, like, intentionally yet, like, I feel like people can assume otherwise with the name Bob floating around and then the sketch of this crazy scary person.
0: Yeah. Cooper says that that was the man from his dream, but he didn't want to go there this morning because he's a strong sender. So he didn't want to influence Sarah's vision, which is interesting. Hmm. A hawk calls and says that they need to get to the Timberlane Motel or hotel because he found the one armed man. So then we cut to the hotel. Josie is there and she's staking it out with a camera because Catherine and Ben are inside plotting and canoodling. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Gross.
0: Catherine is ready to burn down the mill and they to set up Josie as the fall guy. Um, then the police boys show up and they go for the door. Or as they go for the door, Andy drops his gun and it goes off. <laughs> and that like um, you know, uh Ben and Catherine are like, Oh, gunplay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> gunplay. Sounds serious.
0: Yeah, but they bust in the door and the one our man is standing there like what? I didn't hear a gun go off right outside my room.
1: Yeah, or the knocking.
0: <laughs> or the knocking. I guess he r- literally just got out of the shower. Seriously. Yeah, so they come in, and they're like, put your hands up, and he turns, and there's like a crazy music cue, and it's just the one arm. It's very, um, effective.
1: <laughs> very cinematic.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, Ben goes back to take a shower, and Catherine finds a poker chip from one Eye Jacks on the floor.
1: Mm-mm, she didn't look very happy.
0: Yeah. Did we did they mention the poker chip at the beginning when they were getting the forensics?
1: Uh no, that's the second part that comes up.
0: Okay, yeah, that's later. So um the one armed man is named Philip Gerard and he's being questioned. They want to know if he knows a Bob. And he says, Well, oh, Bob is just about my best friend in the whole darn world.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the best. <laughs> <laughs> I love
0: it. He's so, um, seems so nice. <laughs> so Bob, the Bob, he knows is a vet, but he's in a coma right now because of, um, I think they say there was somebody got jumped. He got jumped an old town or something. Yeah. He lost his arm selling pharmaceuticals somehow. I think it was a car accident.
1: Oh yeah. He said car accident.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now he sells shoes. <laughs> Andy opens the briefcase, and, like, all these single shoes fall out. It's pretty funny. Cooper wants to know if he had a tattoo on his lost arm, and he says he did, and they want to know what it said, and he starts to cry and says, Mom!
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, I don't think it's supposed to be, like, funny-funny, but, like, it just makes you laugh. Like, I know I it's, it's supposed, supposed to be kind be of.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it just makes you laugh.
0: Yeah outside hawk mentions to harry that when he got there josie was staking out the place and he shows her shows him like where her car was the oil from
1: where she was parked
2: Mm
0: -hmm. engine oil might come into the story later on just if you want to keep that (laughs) way in the back of your (laughs) mind
1: file it away
0: yeah (laughs) okay so then we go to twin peaks high that's what's called right twin peaks high i think so Donna and Audrey are chatting in the bathroom. Audrey is smoking a cigarette. (laughs) Typical. (laughs) (laughs) She's saying that she wants Cooper to take her away. And she thinks that he will because she has a plan to help him solve Laura's murder. But she wants Donna's help. She says that she knows that Laura was seeing Jacoby. And she thinks Laura might have worked at One-Eyed Jack's. And Mm. Audrey seems very turned on by the idea (laughs)
1: She wants to know more about her mystery
2: friend.
0: Yeah. Donna says that she will help, but she has to keep it a secret, and um, Audrey says that she wants to start at the perfume counter at Horn's department store, because Laura and Ronette both worked there. A lot of setup in this episode. There's just, like, a lot of setting up future pieces. Okay, so Norma is at the, the jail, or the prison, to help Hank with his parole hearing I mean she seems so reluctant to help him but I guess that's why she's there
1: (laughs) it's so weird that she's still married to him or I guess maybe we'll find out he's like a shady character so maybe she's got a reason
0: oh that uh, yeah we'll get to the most disgusting (laughs) moment of this episode (laughs) oh gosh (laughs) the very last second
1: Oh, that Uh, was the worst (laughs) we'll get to it we'll get to
0: it yeah yeah um so Hank swears he's changed mm-hmm. at the hearing he's all smooth talk and repentance Norma says she'll give him a job and let him live with her as man and wife although she does not seem at all happy about it
2: not Hank at is all. very
0: he seems very slimy in this scene like bleh, bleh.
1: yeah i just got like a really bad vibe from him
0: yeah yeah he comes in with like a vibe for sure <laughs> i mean i guess yeah. if you're in prison <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay
0: okay so my favorite place Harry and Cooper go to the vet next to the vet it's next to a gas station a convenience store
2: mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> they show the sketch of Bob to the receptionist who seems like she's about 80 not the same Bob however and Cooper checks he wants the files because he's convinced that the bird that they're looking for is a patient because sometimes the shortest
1: the path or distance between two points is not a straight line.
0: Yes. (laughs) That's about the quirkiest he gets this whole episode, honestly. Okay, so Shelly and Bobby are at Shelly's house making out. Their typical communication. (laughs) (laughs) Bobby, um, she's saying she saw him at the funeral and she felt so bad for him, but he doesn't, he's not, the first thing that comes to his mind is how he wants to beat up James. So it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, okay Bobby.
2: Yeah, get (laughs) up.
0: He's worried about Leo coming home. Shelly says that Leo is with Jacques and Bobby is like, whoa, Um, and then suddenly Bobby has a speech where he's telling Shelly that, I've been onto something. I think Jacques and Leo are selling drugs to the kids at Twin Peaks High. And I'm like, <laughs>
1: like, What are, what are our relationships? <laughs>
2: uh,
0: yeah, and, and this moment, I was wondering. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, Shelly doesn't seem to do drugs herself. We never see her do drugs. No. But she drops out of high school to marry Leo, and for, to me, <laughs> the only reason a girl would do such a thing is if she was doing drugs and he was, you know, supplying her, but I guess not. How could she be so oblivious to the fact that Leo is doing drugs, or selling drugs? I
1: just... <laughs> I don't know, uh, maybe she, um, I mean, he seems so, like, I don't know, it's, like, it's weird because it's, like, it's not one of those abusive relationships where um, he, like, is mean to her and then is very loving towards her it seems like he's like never nice to her so I could see her maybe in high school getting tangled up and getting caught in that and then him being like you need to drop out to cut her off with people
0: I actually did my deep dive on her so um there is a little bit about her history but there's really not that much and when I was watching the scene for some reason I was just thinking how how is Shelly not do cocaine (laughs) I mean, her boyfriend <laughs> is Bobby. Her husband is Leo. She, I, I don't know. I'm just really maybe, shocked. That she's...
1: Maybe it's one of those things. Uh, does Leo do coke or does he just steal it?
0: That's true. I mean, I gotta might, imagine he does it.
1: <sighs> yeah, it might be one of those things or maybe he's like, my girl's not gonna be like, you know, a drug addict and I need you to be like, you know, pristine or whatever. You know, something stupid. Could and be. stupid and manly. Could be.
0: So she, um, after Bobby's little, oh my gosh, drugs, she shows Bobby the bloody shirt that she had found. Mm -hmm. And um, he takes it. And then she shows him the gun in a sexy fashion, asking if um, he (laughs) could teach her how to use it. And then we're back to the police station. They're arranging to go through the VETS files. Andy is apologizing about his gun going off and Cooper says he just needs practice and that's probably where I feel like he's at his most light-hearted when he's like oh Andy it's okay yeah. <laughs> I wonder if um they named him Andy because of Andy Griffith
1: I don't know I've never seen Andy Griffith show before I feel like is, is that bad
0: no my mom loved um Andy Griffith, so I feel he was always on in my house. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. But I didn't really like it either. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Lucy is still being mean to Andy. <laughs> she flips her hair at <laughs> him. And then all the boys go down to the shooting range. They're trying to help Andy with his women troubles because Cooper's like, "Yeah, this case I didn't need um subtle clues. I could hear them yelling through the walls." <laughs> <laughs> They all shoot, or at least um, Andy and Andy and Hawk shoot. Hawk does great. Andy needs a lot of practice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they looked like there were zero holes on his yeah. sheet.
0: <laughs> Harry asks Cooper if he's ever been married, and he says no, but he had a love who broke his heart and taught him about commitment. I guess we'll learn about that later on.
2: Mm-hmm. Um
0: hawk dropped some poetry that he wrote for diane shapiro who we were talking about in the last episode right and harry did a great job at his shooting too cooper shot two through each eye and then two (laughs) three or two through the nostrils
1: (laughs) hawk was like great pattern i was like okay sure when
0: you need to shoot someone through the nostril ever
1: (laughs) (laughs) or the eyes twice
0: I mean, it's pretty good. You got through the eye in like the exact same spot. Um, Okay. So then we're at the double R with Norma. Um, Toad gives her a shitty tip. And I'm pretty sure that Toad kind of changes characters throughout the Mm -hmm. course. He's like a very, very, very minor character who just shows up a few times as an extra, but I'm pretty sure he ends up working in the kitchen. So Ah. this guy leaving a shitty tip. Maybe the same toad, but um, I don't think he is. I don't know. Shelly is um, telling Norma her problems, mostly Leo. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And she understands Shelly's pain. And tomorrow they're gonna have a day of beauty.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Day of beauty, girls day.
0: Yeah, make themselves feel better.
1: Yeah, I would like to see that episode.
0: Yeah, well, um, it's funny, because I just saw somebody posting on Twitter, because I think in the next episode, we just start with them beautied up, like they've already had their Mm -hmm. day of beauty, but somebody was posting on Twitter, I really wish we could see this day of beauty.
1: (laughs) Yes, I want to see, like, their relationship.
0: Yeah, James comes into the double R, he calls Donna on the payphone, Donna It's at her house and her dad is complaining that they're having diet lasagna at the church potluck.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who the hell's heard of diet lasagna? (laughs) It's like,
2: gross.
0: Yeah, and uh, James is like, I can't really come. I don't think I'd be very good company, but he has to go because he sees someone walk in who he's never seen before, Mm -hmm. but looks very familiar.
2: Um, (laughs) Walk
1: right up to her. (laughs) <laughs> and it was, who are you?
0: <laughs> who are you? <laughs> she explains who she is. Um, she says she's getting food for the Palmers. Uh, she knows that she looks like Laura and they used to pretend to be the same person. I don't know if she said that right then, but it made me think of um, the Patty Duke show, which was another one of those old timey TV shows where she mm-hmm. played identical cousins. Cousins, identical oh. cousins. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a little parent trappy.
0: Yeah. You don't know, you get a lot of identical cousins in this world, but. <laughs> uh, James can't stop staring at her, though. Norma gets a call and is upset because Hank got his parole.
1: He <laughs> was like, shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Darn it. I should have said, I won't give him a job. I hate him and he's not coming back to my house.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, she just needs to get a divorce.
0: Oh, seriously. Okay, so then we go to the Great Northern. Um, ben is on his peloton for
1: <laughs> his early version of that I guess
0: it's um, what do you call the walking ones? Treadmill.
1: Oh, oh yeah. Or I guess treadmill. it's like a stationary bike.
0: It's a pretty fancy one though, because the telephone actually hangs up into it, so it must be a part <laughs> of it. Like the whole bike must plug into the wall. The phone line.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a humongous cord.
0: He's talking to, I guess, a potential buyer for um, the land that he doesn't own. Mm-hmm. Icelandic. Yeah. So whoever's the boss still is a really bad joke, but we don't get to hear the punchline. We just hear, what's the difference be- or power and Iceland and a Swede like, I don't know, something like that. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> something that still, I was like, trying to think in my head. I was like, I don't see a pun. I don't...
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: We don't get to hear the the joke, though, or the punchline. And then Audrey comes in. She wants to know if he's ashamed of her. She's definitely putting on the, like, the little girl the act to wrap him <laughs> around her finger. She's got, like, this long black dress on.
1: Her Oscar um, performance.
0: Yeah. <laughs> she says she wants to help with the family business. He does not trust her. <laughs> he should not. <laughs> but no. um, she's putting on a good performance, though. He says... She can be a maid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she was like, no, I don't want to do that.
0: Yeah, she's like, no, I was thinking, how about I work at the department store? And she pulls at his heartstrings, and he gets in.
1: What's so weird about um, that interaction was, like, I mean, there's no way he doesn't know that the girls are being taken from the perfume counter. And she was like, I want that exact job. And he was like, all right, I guess. And it's like, "What well, uh, did you... I
0: don't think she says specifically the perfume counter. I think she... Um, oh,
1: just just the department store?
0: The department store, yeah. Uh,
1: okay. I for some reason thought she said perfume counter, and I was like, shouldn't he know by now?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think he might be a little reluctant to have her do that, but... <laughs> so, okay. Where was I? Oh. Yeah, Andy Coop and Harry are going through the Files from the vet. Uh, Gordon calls again. He wants an update. Oh, this is where he, we learn that the disc from her stomach is a poker chip and um, it came from One Eyed Jacks because they, right. for some reason, there's a J missing or something. Um, Andy discovers that Jacques Renault, oh, they also say that the bird that hurt her, or that scratched her, was either a parrot or a mima bird, which I was thinking about the two birds and I don't. They're nothing alike. (laughs) I guess they both both talk out loud, but um, other than that, I don't. Maybe similar.
1: Maybe similar, like beak structure or something.
0: Maybe. Um, I don't think it really matters. But I was just
2: thinking about that. No.
0: (laughs) Anyway, um, so he's saying that it's either a parrot or a mima bird, and then that's just when Andy is looking through a file that Jacques Renault owns a mima bird. Hmm. Dun, dun dun! Of all the suspicious people to own a mama bird,
2: the most so suspicious.
0: They, so they they go to Jacques' apartment, and there's like some people playing nighttime tennis.
2: <laughs> I just love <laughs> all the like little
0: background <laughs> details.
1: <laughs> what I found so interesting about this scene is um, I feel like you get a sense of how super small Twin Peaks is because, like, you think of like most cop shows, like even in like smaller towns. That aren't major cities, like whenever there's like, you know, a raid, like they have like, you know, plenty of police officers like guarding each entryway and exit way and
2: yeah. you know, swarms
1: got... of vans
0: <laughs> Those three guys.
1: just, they, just they even let Andy come <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, just three of them actually.
0: I mean he might have been there, but I think he had to stay at the car.
1: Yeah, no more gun <laughs> accidents.
0: Uh yeah. When they get there, Bobby is there planting the bloody shirt. And he hears the knock and jumps out of the window and runs down the alley. Um, it looks like the police are pursuing him. Maybe that was Andy. I think it was Hawk. Oh, maybe it was Hawk. It was somebody in a car, a police car.
2: Yeah.
0: Cooper finds um, Leo's bloody shirt because it's got his initials conveniently mm-hmm. um, stitched in by Shelly, which did make me laugh. But mm-hmm. Leo feels that, I, I don't know, there's something thing about him wanting his wife to stitch his initials made me feel like, oh, you're a little boy still, Leo. (laughs) You might play a big, Uh, tough, scary man, but the fact that you think that your wife needs to stitch your... your, I mean, it's just like such a weird view of, this is what a wife does. She stitches my initials onto my collar.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's definitely some, like, mommy issues, which I'm sure leads to the abuse and controlling and awfulness that he is. So maybe that is all... Part of his psych eval.
0: Yeah, we gotta assume there was some- a lot of abuse in a lot of these relationships when they were children. Mm Mm-hmm. So then we see Leo. He's by the river with his shiny red Corvette. Ben comes up to meet him. Apparently he, um, was introduced to him through Hank. Ben is diminishing Leo's operation.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Calling a child's play.
0: Yeah. Leo shows Ben that he just killed Bernie Renault, who is the guy who the Bookhouse Boys had in the last episode. So as soon as they released him, Leo killed him, gathered him up, which is crazy. I don't. I mean, he says Jacques went back to Canada. I wonder what Jacques thought of him killing his little brother. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, you should kill him, or was did he not? Was he
1: like? Yeah, or maybe they're just, like, so caught up in their crimes. They
2: just don't care.
0: Yeah, maybe. And so Ben wants Leo to burn down the mill and make it look like arson. And three nights, green light. I don't know (laughs) what the green light is all about, but green light. (laughs) (laughs) So then we see James and Donna back at where they buried the necklace. They're looking for it, and it's not there. And Donna is explaining that Sarah sees things and uh, says Laura told her that she did and that Laura did too.
1: (laughs) Laura said her mom was always kind of spooky.
0: Yeah, so apparently they both had visions. We hear an owl hooting overhead. Actually, I think we see the owl hooting overhead. Mm -hmm. And James thinks they should tell the police. Madonna says only they loved Laura and they have to do this for them, not just for Laura. And then they kiss some more. (laughs)
1: <laughs> of course, oh James!
0: <laughs> yes, we loved it's, her. We're doing this for us, not even for her. But we loved her.
1: <laughs> exactly. I find it so interesting that of all the people to be like, we have to go to the police. It's James, like the biker, kind of like supposed no. to be like sensitive yeah. badass, whatever. But he
0: does seem the most square out of all of them somehow.
1: Yeah, that's. I think that's why everyone's always like, okay, James, <laughs> like you're tough? Question mark. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll definitely have to explore that when we get to Firewalk with me a little bit, just because, I mean, Laura was with him, and... Okay, so, last scene, Josie gets a call from Harry. He can't come, but he wants to know if she was at the hotel. (laughs) She's like, I can't hear you, you're breaking up! Goodbye!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Gotta go! (laughs) She's, like, not answering these questions.
0: (laughs) And then she goes to make Pete a sandwich, and Pete wants to know if she will enter the fishing competition with him.
1: <laughs> oh, I find it so sweet.
0: <laughs> I know. She's like, I don't know anything about fishing, but sure. And then he, like, beams. So He's so happy. And then he goes to bed with a sandwich. And then Josie is going through the mail, and she finds... Uh, I wish <laughs> thought it was a picture, but it's actually a hand-drawn
2: mm-hmm. picture. Uh, a lot of, of a artists in Twin Peaks.
0: <laughs> I know. Hank is... Got a lot of time on his hands. He's got real good at drawing that domino. (laughs) She's a little rattled by it, Um, and then she gets a call from Hank, who licks the domino like a lollipop, and it's literally the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. I was like, even if we weren't in the middle of plague season, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) you putting that thing in your mouth when who knows where it's been? It'll be (laughs)
2: gross. Yeah,
0: but I did want to mention. Because we've mentioned numerology before with David Lynch. Yes. and I don't know how much he actually had to do with what numbers were on this domino, and we'll have to keep an eye to see if it stays the same numbers. But mm-hmm. I noticed it was two threes. Yes. and um, you know like three is a number of transformation and creation. and six is like a number of completion and stability. so and power. So it's interesting that like it's two threes. It feels like a magical number type of a thing.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's like new beginnings since we're kind of letting the stories, like, I feel like a big part of it, of like what they think happened, they think is unfolding. It's like a big part of it's been revealed.
0: Yeah. You know what I just realized? Hmm. (laughs) I was thinking, I feel like I don't know how to do a podcast anymore, but we have forgotten (laughs) to do the first impressions again.
2: (laughs) Oh, oops.
0: (laughs) And I know you had some not so favorable first impressions, but do you want to just roll the first and last up together? Yeah. In the end. Yeah. Okay. Should um, we do our dive first, or do you want to go ahead and do those?
1: Um, let's do the deep dive first, and then we'll come back to it.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. not much work for this one but the deep dive <laughs> for this week is shelly johnson. okay. so i saw okay i've noticed a couple times now we've done deep dives on characters and i haven't mentioned their birth dates because their birth dates come from this set of trading cards that mm-hmm. had everyone's birthdays on them. and okay. so far the birthdays that i know about do not in any way match the astrology that I've come up with for these people.
2: So, <laughs> Whoops. <laughs>
0: for instance, Shelly was supposedly born May 30th, 1969 and that would be a Gemini. And I just don't see Shelly as a Gemini. Do you think she seems like a Gemini? No. no.
1: Yeah. I wonder if maybe she's been so suppressed that she doesn't have any of her Gemini traits being shown.
0: I just think the people who made the trading cards weren't thinking about the true zodiac signs of these people. <laughs> the Astroles.
1: <laughs> what? But we'll um, get into the
0: Astrology.
1: Go what ahead. year did this take place? Ninety.
0: Yeah, I think it first premiered in 1990.
1: Uh, so Shelly, okay, oh, 69. I guess she's 21. Never mind. I For a second, I was, like, doing the math wrong and I was like, she's not 31.
0: It's funny because, it's oh, 21. I guess. Oh, right, right, right. No, 21?
1: Yeah, if she, she was be born before. in 69. 69 to 90 is
2: 21.
0: She should be like 18, though. Um, so, obviously, we have her. Yeah. I looked up Madkin Amick, Amick. Uh-huh. Um, there wasn't really a ton about her. I did notice that she was actually born in 1970 in real life. So, I think she was one of the youngest people in the cast.
1: I was say, like, she looks super young.
0: Yeah. Okay, so, um, a little bit about her character. Her... Okay. Her, She was born Shelley Macaulay. Um, that was her maiden name. Okay. Um, and I think I didn't write down everything because a lot of it is still to come, and there's really not a lot about her past. I think most of this comes from The Secret History of Twin Peaks.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: And some of it comes from the show itself. Right. Okay, it says that she dropped out of high school to marry Leo he swept her off her feet, lavished her with attention.
2: Mm.
0: Once, and we, we even heard it in this episode, once they were married, she learned he wanted a maid he didn't have to pay for.
1: Uh, at least she knows, and she's not, like, delusioned.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> um, she was the only child from a dysfunctional marriage, which makes total sense.
2: Her parents yeah. divorced
0: early, and her father left the state after that, so... I guess she was raised by a single mom. Probably not a lot of support going on there.
1: <laughs> uh, clearly isn't she job though.
0: Yeah. And then, so here's some of the backstory, I think from the secret history. Um, supposedly, and this is what makes me think, she has to be the same age as the rest of the kids because she met Bobby in elementary school and they began dating, not in elementary school, but eventually began dating um, throughout Early high school, I guess. Uh, Junior year, she learned that Bobby was cheating on her with Laura. And she confronted uh, Bobby at prom in a disruptive public scene and broke up with him, I guess. And after this incident is when she went to the roadhouse and met Leo.
1: uh, So it's Bobby's fault.
0: Yeah. And Laura's Uh, kind
1: of. (laughs) And Laura's too. But mostly Bobby's. (laughs)
0: Yeah, but it's really her own fault. I mean, why did you get married to Leo? Just because you're bad at Bobby.
1: (laughs) Uh, The the choices in men are awful. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So, originally, she auditioned for Donna, the part of Donna. Okay. The creators were so impressed with her that they created the role of Shelley just for her.
1: Oh, that's a good confidence booster.
0: (laughs) And when they say the creators, I assume they mean... David Lynch and Mark Frost.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I would think.
0: Because I'm pretty sure David, or David Frost, <laughs> David Lynch auditions <laughs> people by just having a conversation with them. He doesn't, like, actually, like, read them or anything. hmm I don't know if that was the case at the time, but I'm pretty sure that's the standard way of auditioning people. Interesting. So, as far as astro, I always say astrology instead of astrology. Astrology.
2: <laughs> astrology.
0: Astrology. <laughs> um, Like I said, I don't think she's a Gemini. Um, I think she's probably a water sign. Um, Okay. That's my first idea. I feel like she seems, like, emotional. Like, emotions would be her rule. I don't think she's constantly thinking. I don't think her... I mean, because Gemini is an air sign. That would make me think she's in her head all the time. Um, Right. But I think she's more of an emotional person. Yeah. Yeah. So, that would be... Pisces, Cancer, or Scorpio, I wouldn't say Cancer, I I would say Pisces or Scorpio. My first instinct would be to say Pisces, because she seems kind of like she'll just go wherever, you know, but Mm -hmm. also she's so attracted to the dark boys, you know, the the bad boys, that that makes me think maybe Scorpio.
1: I was, my initial thought was Scorpio, so... Just because she, I don't know, like, Pisces, like, going with the flow and everything, I kind of, like, read that more as, like, not really taking any stakes in the situation, but clearly, like, the whole Leo implanting the shirt and, you know, them, basically, her hiding the stuff, it seems like she's really taking an interest in doing something about her situation.
0: That's true. I'm gonna say, she's probably, I'm, I'm gonna guess she's got a lot of water, so I'm gonna say either, like, a sc- Scorpio Sun, Pisces Moon, or Pisces Sun, Scorpio Moon. Um, yeah. I don't know about rising, but uh, I think two is enough.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think it fits perfectly.
0: What about Harry Potter?
2: Um
0: I feel like she's a Gryffindor who's got sucked into the Slytherin house. Like all her yeah. she's a Gryffindor with all her friends are in Slytherin. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because, like, I was thinking initially, I was, like, maybe she's, like, a Slytherin, just, like, not, like, a terrible one. But then, like, she doesn't really have, like, a lot of like, ambition other than just getting away from Leo.
0: Yeah, maybe she's just a Hufflepuff who is, her whole family is
1: Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> she's, like, the one outlier. I like that.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> she seems a little bit Hufflepuff.
0: Yeah, I like it. Okay, so um, yeah, we forgot to do first impressions again.
2: <laughs> I need to write down the outline
0: so I can remember how we do this podcast. So let's do our first impressions and our final impressions all rolled up into one again.
2: Okay. Yeah. Um,
1: so my first impression, I I, don't know, I kind of found the episode to be a little bit like I don't want to say boring because like there were moments obviously that were like interesting, but I found it to be kind of slow. Um, and like we said you said earlier it's like a lot of stuff was being set up in this episode so it wasn't as like I feel like as exciting Mm -hmm. and I I don't know and I find Shelly and Bobby's like love I feel like a lot of like the love like stories are very boring (laughs) because like um I feel like
2: there's like
1: (laughs) yeah they're super teenage like I wish they were more soapy and like stuff was happening with them other than them just having like moments together of embracing and that's it if that makes <laughs> sense
0: yeah I, I mean I think uh Ben and Catherine's affair is much more exciting than any of the teenage love affairs at the moment
1: yeah yeah well uh, I think so. also it's like they're both like mysterious conniving characters and so it's like is there does either either one of them have any like ulterior motives for this affair yeah. or is it just literally a physical thing
0: yeah, it's, like, a power struggle or something between them. Right. So did your um, opinion, did you do you feel any different after having talked about it?
1: Um, a little bit, yeah. Like, um, once we got, like, towards the end and we were kind of, like, you know, we were introduced to, the, finally, like, officially to the One armed Man and kind of got that, like, interesting sit down with him and all these clues and, like, the rating of the Renault House, like, I feel like it was... I picked up more towards the end, like, all right, get ready for the next episode.
0: Yeah. No donuts in this episode. I guess it's probably I, good, but... Yeah. I, say,
1: but... I literally had that thought earlier um, when we were talking, uh, beginning the recap, I was like, wait, there were no donuts in any of the shots the first time.
0: <laughs> I know, it's so sad, but there's no donuts. Um, I know. I will say for my re-watching this week, and again, I mean, circumstances, I feel, have a lot to do with how you feel about anything you're consuming in life. So Mm -hmm. just in general, I would say if you watch something and you're like, I did not like that at all, maybe give it another shot on another day. I mean, I'm not talking to you (sighs) specifically right now. I'm just saying in general for people because I don't know how many times I've watched something and been like, especially if I watch it alone by myself, I'm often like, Mm -hmm. "That, that just didn't really fulfill me the way I thought it would but you know when you watch yep. it with other people or in a different situation it can have a totally different response
2: um oh yeah but
0: yeah and I've of course seen it a million times but this week I was a little like oh, okay I mean I kept going well it's only 45 minutes it's quick <laughs> but um I did like um I liked the setup of some new mysteries that we're learning about, like this whole
2: mm-hmm. millfire
0: the whole Ben and Leo connection. We're getting so many more like connections that we never knew about. I'm kind of interested in Maddie. Although they shouldn't have that much of a part. I thought um, Shelly and Bobby had a lot more going on this episode and the whole Renault thing was really interesting. I was a little sad. There was not a lot of quirky Cooper, no donuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we did get a big chunk of Invitation to Love, which I definitely appreciated.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Um, yeah, I just, it wasn't as, I don't know. It was it a good episode. Like... It just wasn't a blockbuster.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, well, like,
1: what was so weird is, like, you know, it feels like, and this is not, like, a knock or anything towards it, but I feel like it was the most un-Twin peaks episode. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we get a lot of, um, with you know, um, his quirkiness and everything, I feel like we get a lot of moments of, like, just, like, zaniness and, like, kind of lighten some mood, but I feel like we did not really, we only got that with Andy, like, maybe two times, and with, um,
0: yeah, and even that was a little bit sad because, like, you know, he felt bad about it. It wasn't, like, a funny moment. It was, like, you need some help. Plus, he had his whole, like, (laughs) Lucy and him having problems, so.
1: Yeah, well, that, yeah, Lucy. yeah, yeah, that's what, like, it felt like there was like, instead of there being like these like, you know, conflicts and then like levity moments, there was, it would say 90% conflict.
2: Yeah, and but it did it just like
1: feels...
0: really, yeah, go ahead, sorry.
1: Oh, no, you're fine. I was just saying it feels weird to not have Cooper in his normal mood. I feel like he had something on his mind.
0: Yeah, and we got that one real um, insight into him with his past relationship a little bit. Um mm-hmm. so that's interesting. I did like to see um Audrey and Donna have a scene. I don't think we get yeah. all of that um throughout the series, but mm-hmm. you know, you were saying last week you wanted a cool girl gang and
2: <laughs> Yes.
1: <laughs> it was like perfect. And, and like the most perfect like nineties background. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the pinkest thing. thing. Yeah. I know. Well, it's so funny that they don't, it doesn't seem like they, like, not necessarily get along, but they don't, like, click very well, because I feel like it would be such an interesting dynamic. Like, maybe Audrey's more so, like, more of, like, the real Laura, in a sense. Like, she's a little bit more, like, mischievous and unpredictable. So it's, like, feels like it'd be, if that relationship did happen, they would, Donna would be, like, oh, this is probably how Laura would have been if she was, like, more open
0: yeah yeah because Audrey does make a point, you know I didn't know Laura half as well as you, but I knew what was up with her, and it didn't seem like you did
1: <laughs> yeah, she well, she stopped through all the bullshit
0: yeah all right, is there anything else that we want to talk about this episode?
1: Um, favorite, our favorite scene
0: Oh favorite scenes yeah, you go
2: first, I gotta think about it uh,
1: <laughs> well, obviously, uh, my favorite scene's going to be our um our little peek into the soap within a soap
2: oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so
1: so funny i love like that those parts of like when shows do that it's just like the funniest thing to me because like they get a chance to really just up the ridiculousness like jade and <laughs> um <in the> <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just the most and chat like the most ridiculous names and plot lines and yeah it was just so funny to me
0: yeah i did um like that I will say, okay, just a quirky little moment that I particularly loved was when they were in the vet's office and like Mm -hmm. they got llamas walking through the office. (laughs) (laughs) That was just full of quirky characters. And it was like one of those moments where it's like, oh, you know, here's a moment where all the weird mysteries are kind of coming together in a weird sort of way, not a Mm -hmm. linear way and like the twine from next door, you know. Yeah. Just, like, a a fun little moment. I will say, though, that the invitation to love was also a highlight of this episode for me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just love, like, that plot line of, you know, just, like, so plot lines when they end up getting, like, so ridiculous, like, twins, and you can't even tell us apart.
0: Yes, me too. Um, and, you know, we got the identical cousin going on in the same episode, so. Yeah,
1: it's just, like, weird little mirroring
0: yeah, and the whole Catherine-Ben um, thing kind of feels a lot like the... Um, Chat
2: she, I can't
0: remember. Yeah, Lucy described Emerald. what was happening. Something <laughs> about burning down a building or something to get the insurance money. yeah. So, oh, yeah. there's a lot of parallels there.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was like, maybe, I don't know, like, maybe the show, from what I can remember, I can't remember really anything past this episode, I think, very well, so I'm, like... Initially, I was like, maybe there will be, like, something where the show is kind of going to tell, like, future events.
0: Yeah, could be.
1: In a weird sense.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely want to keep an eye on all the Invitation to Love stuff, because I love it.
2: <laughs> yes, it's so good.
0: Okay, well, should we do recommendations? Yes. I know what I'm gonna recommend this week.
2: <laughs> like, go I, for it.
0: I woke up with it in my head this morning and had to listen to it immediately because I just love it so much. The new Fiona album Fiona oh Apple album.
1: That was <laughs> mine.
0: The- oh I wanted to say it before you <laughs> <laughs> No, I
1: know, I was like, I'm gonna let her go first, just in case.
0: <laughs> Uh fetch the bolt cutters. I love I've always loved Fiona Apple. Um Extraordinary mm-hmm. Machine is like one of my favorite albums of all time and I was so excited to get it when it came out I got it like at midnight the second it came out and I listened to it (laughs) as I was falling asleep that night and I don't think I fell asleep until I was done playing (laughs)
2: yeah and you know I'm not a
0: big music person but I've listened to it so many times um just the past week or so and I love it and I definitely recommend it (laughs) it feels somehow perfect for this time (laughs)
1: Yeah. Well, so I'm, I'm going to kind of make my recommendation just like a piggyback off of yours since we had the same. Um, (laughs) so it was funny that early that you mentioned about the episode, like make, like, you know, your mood can really affect it and make sure you watch it more than once at different times so that you could see if you really felt that way about it. Cause, um, I was not really familiar. Like I knew of Fiona Apple and, you know, obviously that she was like a, a mainstay in the industry, but, uh i wasn't really familiar with her music and so when this came out um you know the buzz was all over and everyone loved it so i was like i'm gonna give it a shot and i remember listening to the first song i want you to love me and i was like oh my god this is so good like i really love the the piano element sounds so like nostalgic of like movies from like the early 2000s i think and it just sounded so good and then once we got to like the rest of them i was like i don't know how i'm feeling about this like I was like I understood the genius of her but then like I was like I'm not connecting to the music for some reason and I was just like so like angry with myself I was like what is wrong with you and then I gave it another listen a couple days later and I was like okay my brain needs to be donated to science to be studied because now now I'm I like love the album I've listened to it a billion times through it is so good.
0: Uh yeah. I'm glad that makes me so happy.
1: <laughs> yes. What's your favorite track so far, or maybe like top two or three?
0: Um, I oh god. I, let me look at the t- the names of the. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I just <laughs> pulled mine up.
0: I'm not good with um titles ever. Um, well, I I love both Shamika and Fetch the Bolt Cutters.
2: Yes. Um,
0: and I really like Cosmonauts and. Oh, such a good one. um heavy balloon i mean honestly i feel like it's one of those al- i'd love an album that you can that you want to listen to from beginning to end and like it all go- mm-hmm. like i can't it's one of those when i was in uh, high school you know before we had digital and it was all um cd's i would put a cd in and listen to it for like a week straight <laughs> because <laughs> I feel like changing the cd so i would learn all the songs really well
2: And there's certain songs,
0: like certain Beatles albums that I can't listen to out of order because the next song wants to come up. I mean, well, Beatles are especially bad about it because they just, their songs fade into each other. But um, this is one of those albums where when I put it on another uh, playlist and it like comes up randomly, it's just like, no, I feel like I need to listen to the entire
1: thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like there's like a story being weaved kind of because she's such a, a, genius with lyrics and um that's been like really fun for me is listening to like really like listening to the lyrics and really digesting them like um I would say my top three are I want you to love me um under the table and relay although ladies Mm. would be like a very honorable mention I love ladies (laughs)
2: um
1: but I think there was a line in relay where it's like I can't remember what oh my god what's the line it's like one of the first lines like evil is a relay sport when the one who's burned goes to pass the torch I was like uh, it like hit me and I was like oh my god I should
0: have put that on my list of top ones because I love I actually I don't think it was this morning that I woke up with that song in my head but there was definitely a morning where that song was the first thing that I thought first thing in the morning and I was like
2: what
1: was I dreaming about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I rem- and I remember like hearing under the table for the first time. Like, well, the first time since I my brain was working properly, and I just really related to it, just because like the, the line, like the idea of like, you know, stop trying to silence me. Like, I'm g- just gonna say what I'm gonna say. I don't care if you don't like it. And oh yeah.
2: Check me. I feel the like. Oh, you won. <laughs>
1: Yes. I was like I feel like I was that child growing up and especially as a teenager and you know parents always being like shut up <laughs> and you're like no I'm not so I just like I just love it I'm so in love with this album
0: yeah it's so good um and it made me so happy to have something actually recent that I could recommend because
2: mm-hmm. I um
0: I've been so nothing has been satisfying to me during this quarantine there's no tv that i'm like oh i gotta watch it no movies that are calling me i just feel like my attention span is so low but Mm -hmm. you know it's funny the way your brain works because i i don't listen to a lot of music normally but i've been wanting just to listen to a lot of music i will also say can i just add one extra recommendation of an old something that has really spoken to me during this time um let me look up the title of the album but um there was an album by tracy bonham that came out in like 96 or something um it's called um oh god i can't see it i can find the song but i can't find it (laughs) i need you to show me oh it's called the burdens of being upright and it's the one with um that mother song where she's like, everything's fine. And she screams. At the top of her <laughs> I've always loved that album, but I listened to it the other day and I was like, yes, I want to scream with you, o Tracy Bottom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you just like, fell your inner primal, like, yes, contain self. Like, I need to break out.
0: So I'll just add that one as a little extra. But um, yeah, anything else? Um, oh, I tell people how to find us.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: <laughs> that might be important. Um you can email us at mannersandmadness@gmail.com. at gmail Um you can DM us on Twitter at Manners and uh on Instagram at Manners and Madness Pod. And you can go to our website, um, MannersandMadness.com and leave us a voicemail if you like.
0: Yeah, I hope um we don't have a lot of Instagram followers, but I've been just posting my own personal artwork photos to my own personal Instagram and then sharing them to the mannersandmadness one because I don't know. I just felt like it ever since this whole thing Morning. happened. I was like, I'm just going to add some pretty pictures in the world. And so
2: yeah. since we More don't activities. do a lot of updating
0: the Instagram, I figured might as well Gives yeah. something to learn.
1: <laughs> it's a part of, it's a part of your, um, your other artistic outlets.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would say you could follow me, me personally on there if you wanted, but I can't remember what my, handle i'm sure it's maya adkins or something maya e adkins maya dot adkins
1: maybe do you tag yourself on the photos nope <laughs> <laughs> oh okay
0: <laughs> i don't know how to do any of that crappy stuff or you know important stuff
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure they could find isn't your icon one of your pictures maybe <laughs>
0: I, you probably can find me through looking up the manners and madness um instagram or you can just follow me and manners and madness because i'm posting all the same stuff so
2: <laughs> right
0: but um yeah i'm so bad at instagram i don't i don't understand instagram stories i look at them and i'm like these are boring and i don't
2: <laughs> i've gotten
0: comments before and i'm like i don't I don't even notice half the time if I get a comment and then I'm like, oh, I don't Mm -hmm. know how to respond to this comment. I'm just, I don't know why I'm such a Luddite when it comes to Instagram. You'd think being a photographer, that would be the one I could figure out. Your
1: biggest outlet. The hardest one It's my favorite. It's my favorite. (laughs) I I treat my Instagram stories like a mood board almost. And like, (laughs) if I see like, you know, like a, a publication post, a tweet that was like, either political or just like a meme that's funny or something like I'll share just to that and then if I like I follow a lot of like um fashion blogs and like brands and I think like recently it's been a lot of like Rodarte like these like fantasy dresses that are so like 80s but also like fairy Us they're so pretty and so I'll just like share those to my story and
0: well I never you know. see them because I never look at anyone's Instagram stories Because every time <laughs> I look at an Instagram story I'm like this is too fast for me to read, and it's boring. I don't understand it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you can hold the screen, and it'll stop the timer. Oh, okay. So maybe that I'm maybe sure. that'll change your whole Insta story world. <laughs>
0: maybe, maybe. I feel like every time I try to touch the screen, it just switches to something else, and I'm like, "What am I doing wrong? I Don't understand." It,
1: <laughs> uh, it took me a while to finally get into them, but now, like once you start them, I feel like it becomes like, I barely ever post on like the main feed anymore because I'm like instant stories are so much faster
0: Mm. well maybe I'll have to figure out this new technology
1: (laughs) (laughs) maybe you can do that in your downtime
0: yeah I only put up you know photos that have been well edited so (laughs) the occasional like momentary like oh look at what I'm looking at right this second but (laughs) right (laughs) yeah I save all my quips for Facebook so that (laughs) Only my family and friends. <laughs> <into them. laughs>
1: uh, Facebook, stressful. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, is there anything else? Is that it? I think, think that's we've it. Talked long enough. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we spent half the podcast talking about Fiona Apple. So, <laughs> 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 worth it. Yeah,
0: yeah definitely. Um, it's our Fiona Apple appreciation podcast. Yes. Okay. Well, um... Thank you guys for joining us. And we'll see you next week with, oh, I forgot to write down the chapters. Northanger Abbey chapters 16 through 21, I think, or 16 through 20.
1: 16 through 21. 16
0: through 20. 16 through 20. And our next Twin Peaks obviously will be episode
1: six. Yes. So super excited.
0: See, or we'll talk to you guys next week.
1: All right. Be safe. See y'all next week. <laughs> All right.